You're listening to the ONP Check-In, an SPS podcast. This podcast brings you the latest happenings in the ONP industry. We're unpacking trends and news from this tight-knit orthotic and prosthetic community. And as always, thank you for joining us. My name is Brendan Erickson. I'm a regional sales manager here at SPS. And I am Jackie Green, a marketing specialist at SPS. Welcome back, listeners. If you're new to the ONP Check-In, here's what you can expect. In each episode, we will discuss a hot topic in the industry, provide SPS updates, and cover a news article from the world in ONP. Let's go! Welcome to episode eight of the ONP Check-In and SPS podcast. So, Brendan? Yes? What's going on? How's it going? It's going well. I'm enjoying everything in life, and um, work's going good, play's going good, family's going good. How about you? Pretty good. It's it's pretty good. I mean, it's exciting because we're starting to hit summer, you know? Yep. All right. So I also have a joke because I want to keep this joke thing going. Whoa, you got a joke? I, I was preparing mine, but that's okay. I'm going to I'm gonna let you go. You're on the hot seat. Why did the Clydesdale give the pony a glass of water? Mm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. And because podcasts are all about voices, I think it has something to do with his voice. And I'm thinking it's because his voice was a little hoarse. <laughs> yes. Uh I nice. read that and I was snickering. I just thought it was so cheesy. Do you have another one? Found a whole website. <laughs> Why did the Scarecrow win an award? Ooh. I, I don't know the answer. You're going to have to hit me with it. Okay. Because he was outstanding in his field. Oh, wow. Outstanding <laughs> in his field. I love it. Little tidbit. <laughs> I had a buddy in, in college that called me the scarecrow, and, and the reason was because all my, all my clothes, I didn't care what I looked like, and I would wear, you know, clothes with holes in it and stuff like that, and he, he nicknamed me the scarecrow. Oh, nice. God, I guess that's how bad I look. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. We are chatting with Kevin Sims from ONP Serve Consulting about the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry. But before we get started, let's take a quick break. The Rebel Series and Rebel Reliever from 2AN USA are effective and versatile solutions when it comes to ligament and OA bracing. Available in off-the-shelf and custom fit to three measurement sizing with TM5 and TM5 Plus hinge technology and migration and rotation control. The Rebel Series and Rebel Reliever from 2AN USA is available through SPS. For more information, reach out to your SPS sales account manager today. Thanks to USA. Let's see what's new at SPS. Welcome back, everyone. Time for SPS updates. The Clinical Minute. Clinical outcomes of the Elevates Dynamics new Helix Band. Yeah, we have a new Clinical Minute that launched. Um, as Brendan just said, it's about Elevate Dynamics Helix Band. It's another great episode. Um... This one's with our clinical marketing consultant, Liz Hillen, and she's joined by Elevate Dynamics Clinical Product Education Manager, Greg Stewart, and they are sharing some clinical outcomes from patients that use the Helix Band. Yeah, visit the SPS blog or follow the link in the description to view real patients, Renata and Robert. They achieve a more symmetrical gait with the help from the Helix Band. Yeah, we have a lot of clinical education that we've been producing over the past few months, so definitely take a look at other clinical minutes and some of our new SPS quick tips as well. There's a lot of resources out there via our clinical resources page 
on our website, spsco.com. All right, now let's get into the interview. I am thrilled to announce Kevin Sims. Kevin is recognized subject matter expert and educator in medical device reimbursement and in providing technical and clinical support in the form of clinical documentation, medical necessities, pre-auth, appeal, and ALJ. After a successful career in both clinical and executive positions with Hanger, he started a Minnesota-based consulting firm, ONP Serve LLC, and he consults with orthotic and prosthetic providers and manufacturers nationwide. Welcome, Kevin Sims. Well, thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to share some information about the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry with you kind folks. Great. Thank you for joining us today. Yes. Thank you very much, Kevin. And for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved with the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry, or what we like to call the LLPR? Yes, indeed. Thank you. Uh, yeah, LLPR is uh, rolls off the tongue a little easier. Um, the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry is something that I was very fortunate to be invited onto. Early uh, 2019, uh, Dr. Ken Kaufman out of Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, uh, kindly invited me onto the team and explained to me his vision of putting together a registry uh, where the intention is to register uh, every amputee in the U.S. And that got me really excited. So we chatted for two or three minutes and uh, I was in. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's so awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about what the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry is? Absolutely, yes. It's it's what we would refer to as a quality registry. It's designed to improve patient care for the limb loss uh, and limb difference patient population. And we'll do that by collecting data from three specific areas. Number one, from hospitals, where we'll collect information on surgery, uh, uh, amputation levels, of course, uh, comorbidities, and a whole bunch of other data that hospitals would collect on, on patients that they will share with us. We will add that to data we would collect from individual Uh, prosthetic patient care episodes and the third element is patient reported outcomes and the plan is to bring all of those three elements together to help us build the evidence base and improve patient care uh, with uh, the data that uh, we will amass that has never been done before. This is that's really exciting. Yeah it sure is and and this is from what I understand kind of the first registry of this kind, right, within our industry. And with that, how's it going? What's the progress? Give us an update. Yes, the LLPR is the first of its kind in our industry. There are other registries around. Um, We've learned a great deal from them, the successes and otherwise. In terms of where we are, we went live on the 1st of March of this year, and we're currently ingesting patient data into the registry. That's incredible. So what happens to the patient data entered into the LLPR and who exactly has access to this data? That's a great question. We hear that a lot. When you mention data, you instantly think security. So folks are naturally interested. The LLPR has a contract with the federal government and as such, we are required to have very stringent security measures in place. We had to confirm compliance with 300 specific security requirements which took some time. So we now have that approval in place, which allowed us to go live at the beginning of March of this year. 
That's great. I, I bet that's a, a monumental task and congrats on, on getting over that hurdle and now being able to open it up. Um, so, so I'm going to put you on the, the hot spot here and, and kind of ask you to sell us, you know, uh, for patients and clinics out there. Give us, give us the, the, the benefits. Why does, why does everyone need to join this? There are many reasons to join the registry. I'm very passionate about the registry. And as I said earlier on, I'm very fortunate to be involved. I've worked on both sides when working with payers and with clinicians. And when you have that perspective, you can see what other folks looking in from the outside are looking for. And it's evidence. Right now, we're making some clinical decisions based on incomplete information, sometimes out of habit or assumption. And the research it's based on was carried out in the 1990s. We believe 30% of all amputees receive a prosthesis. We have a good idea what happens to the remaining 70%, but it's yet to be confirmed. So the plan is to bring all the data together to understand what's happening with and for all those patients. Some perhaps have made a decision not to receive a prosthesis. One element that skews the data is the incidence of digital amputation. And again, a patient may not require a digital prosthesis, or of course, some patients would. So the plan is to bring all this data together and grow the evidence base so we can make better clinical and patient care decisions we can confirm the efficacy of the care we provide. Also look at new treatments, new products, and help place our profession in a better position, simply because we'll establish the evidence base and we'll have good information to provide. Wow, it sounds like it benefits everyone and, and you're really building a nice roadmap and I think just in a more intelligent uh, industry. You're, you're really building a baseline, it's awesome. Um, does it cost anything for, for clinics to join? Or, or, sorry, practitioners and or, you know, just a patient to join? We are currently enrolling prosthetic providers and hospital sites who perform amputations and or provide rehabilitation services to the limb loss or limb difference population. For early adopters, the cost to join right now is zero. And that's going to change at some point. But for right now, you join simply by visiting the LLPR website at www.llp registry.org Atop of the opening page is a link to a contact form. If you fill out the form, we will forward to you a participation agreement and we'd ask that you review it, sign it, return it to us and you're then part of the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry. We are working with EHR providers including OP, OP Solutions and Nimble Systems the data we collect from your EHR will be visible to you in the form of a dashboard showing identified data, because it's your data. We lift the data from the EHR without the clinician engaging in any additional workload. And that's another important question that comes up frequently. Why should I take part? I have enough to do right now, and I still can't leave the office on time. So why would I take on board becoming part of the registry? We'd answer that by saying all we would ask is that as a clinician in patient care that you simply do what you're already doing. You do your job. The data will be lifted from your EHR to our secure cloud and de-identified. You will have access to a dashboard containing your identified data in relation to other de-identified data which will allow you to make regional, state, countrywide comparisons in relation to outcomes of the patient care you provide. 
Wow. So that's instant feedback for them. All they do is need to join and then it accumulates their data and they can start using it to their benefit right away. It's not just like, hey, join and, and give your data and then later you're going to benefit. It's instant, right? Yeah, it's instant gratification, if you like. You see the data you put into the system and that's important because you have to see results or folks may not be quite so interested. To expand on that a little, let's say you are a group of prosthetic providers with multiple locations. Uh, you would have access to visualize and compare at the clinician, clinic and or clinic group level against regional, state, countrywide data. So you can confirm areas where you're perhaps performing really well or maybe identify uh, a possible area for growth. Well, data has so much power and you're proving it. You really are. It's really exciting because you can't talk about it without getting excited. We've had lots of really good feedback. Patients are reaching out and asking, how do I take part? Clinicians the same. We've had lots of responses from clinicians around the country and we're already signing up those early adopters. So come on folks, uh, be next please. Um, that's the pitch. Manufacturers are very much on board and we've received a lot of support from industry organizations such as AOPA Academy, BOC, ABC, NAAOP. So there's a lot of support which we're thrilled about. Now we're open for business and we're moving forward. Right. Gosh. All right. So where can listeners go to find more information? I know you kind of listed off a website earlier. Is that where we want to direct people to get more information on the LLPR? Yes. Once again, it's the www.llpregistry.org. We have an FAQ page, which is organic, and we'll update it based on the questions we receive. There's also the contact form, which we've mentioned. The website itself is designed to be a one-stop shop uh, that will keep you up to date. Is there an age limit on who you guys are accepting to join, or is it just open for everybody? We have no age limit. And what are you seeing? Are you seeing that more clinicians, well, obviously with the, I guess, the lifting that you're saying out of those data sources, that's a, a large chunk of data, but are you seeing um, a more preponderance of uh, actual individuals that have suffered limb loss apply on their own, or is it more from the clinician side? I actually view the data from the contact forms. I see lots of patients simply inquiring and asking for us to contact them as soon as they can participate. There's a lot of enthusiasm out there. Recently at the Academy meeting in Atlanta, I had the pleasure, as we are open for business, of walking the floor and speaking with a lot of manufacturers and some of the smaller vendors. And it just brings excitement. People are ready for this. It gives us a great opportunity to provide evidence of the efficacy of the great care that's provided to patients and hopefully improve it too. Yeah, that's a great point. So we all need to look for you at the next show. I imagine you're going to be going into all the different shows um, moving forward. And um, all of our listeners, go out and find Kevin. Yeah, I'm not going to wear the T-shirt, but I'll be there. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's important that we have a face, and, and I'm not the only one. Uh, there, are, there are a few of us that will be in attendance, not least of which, of course, uh, is Dr. Kaufman, uh, who's heading this uh, fantastic exercise. So we, we are resident at or present at uh, all of the uh, meetings um, and um, available to answer questions and, uh, and, and recruit folks 
um, as uh, early adopters uh, or, or disciples and, uh, and have them spread the word. <laughs> I like that, disciples. Yeah. Well, I, I, pr- I predict you're going to do pretty well with this, Kevin. This seems like a really good idea and it benefits everyone around. So let's all jump mm-hmm. on board. Nothing about this process that you would think twice about. It's patient-centric, beneficial to our profession as a whole, beneficial to researchers. Imagine you're a researcher right now and you're looking at that data from the 1990s and thinking, well, that's not enough. Well, that's about to change. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, thank you for all of your hard work. I'm going to take very little credit for that. I'm part of a fantastic team. Uh, I just bring enthusiasm and um, um, and just a need to, to try and uh, help this happen. But uh, the Mayo Clinic team and the rest of the team uh, and, and our uh, external collaborative committee have put in an awful lot of good work on this. And it's just nice to see it coming together. Absolutely. So I, I don't know if we're going to blindside you here, but we have a little fun ending to all of our interviews, and it's called The Hot Seat. So um, oh, okay. Jackie and I are, are, are metaphorically putting you on the hot seat right now, and we're just going to ask you a couple questions um, for light, fun entertainment. Um, before we do that, is there anything else you want to add that we didn't cover? Um, no, I think you've been very, very kind. I appreciate the questions. Um, I'm just hopeful that folks will, will listen in and uh, ignore the fact that it's an English guy speaking and uh, sign up for the registry. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Contact us if you have questions. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, let's go for the hot seat. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? Are you sure? I, I, I have no idea. It's like a trip to the dentist. You know it's coming. You know it's going to hurt. That's right. What is the weirdest thing you have ever eaten? The weirdest thing I've ever eaten? Um, oh, that would have to be a poorly cooked frog's leg. Oh. That could be yeah. the top answer. I think that's... <laughs> uh, there's nothing... <laughs> so, so I know you're from England um, and you live in the States now, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Been so here since 2003. Awesome. So I'm going to kick both of those uh, countries slash, I'm going to kick out the entire UK, right? Um, if you had to live anywhere else besides the US or the UK, where are you moving to? Uh, I would move to, um, I guess I'd go to Portugal. Wow. Do you prefer the smell of freshly cut grass or... Freshly baked bread. Oh, bread. Okay. This is kind of a jack of all trades versus uh, king of our king of none question. Would you rather have 20 hobbies or one single passion? One passion. And what, what, what is it? I, I assume golf? Soccer. The rest of the world calls it, the rest of the world calls it football. Uh, I, I, I coach soccer. Uh, I also coach basketball, which is interesting because as soon as an English guy speaks, as a coach uh, on a basketball court, everyone in the room looks at you and says, what do you know about basketball? You're English. Um, but the flip side of that is, as an English guy, as soon as you open your mouth when coaching soccer, a lot of folks, in my case, mistakenly assume he must know what he's talking about. <laughs> ah, the beautiful game. I love it. That's great. Which is better, oatmeal or grits? Oh, uh, oatmeal. I, I, I can't do grits. I'm English. Well, with that, you are off the hot seat, Mr. Sims, and thank you so you much it. for your time. <laughs> oh, wow. That was, that was mostly painless. Well, 
We thank you so much for joining us today. This was great. Is there any anything else that you want to add for our listeners about the registry, about yourself? Anything you want to say? Any more shout-outs you want to give? No, uh, well, aside from to uh, Dr. Kaufman, who's been uh, a good friend to me over quite a few years, uh, who kindly invited me onto the registry, uh, I'm having more fun than a man's entitled to have. Um, I... I, I, I I'm happy to do whatever I can to make this work. So please, 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 listeners, um, give me a shout. I'd love to help. Wonderful. Well, it's so nice to get to know you a little bit better. You're truly um, a very well-rounded and amazing person. Soccer, registry, <laughs> uh, you know, clinical practice, everything. So thank you so much for your time. And we only look forward to the success of the registry. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the great opportunity. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you would like to learn more about the Limb Loss and Preservation Registry, visit llpregistry.org or follow the link in our show notes. Well, this is really exciting what they're trying to do, and it was super great to have Kevin with us today. Absolutely. I'm, I'm always impressed with Kevin, and today was another instance where I'm, I'm just... I'm lucky he's in our... We are all lucky that he's in our industry, and what they're doing... He and um, yeah, what, what he and Dr. Kaufman are doing is just amazing. And I think this is going to benefit everyone, right? I mean, he said patient centric, but also that, you know, the manufacturers, the clinicians, everyone using this baseline of just good, hard data to make mm-hmm. sound decisions. I, I was thinking on the side, I, he mentioned like AOPA and um, Academy and all that stuff. And I was like, gosh, it's going to have such an interesting impact even just on government policies. I know we just did an episode on CMS changes. Like, it's just going to be so unique, or not unique, but just fascinating to see how it's going to impact that side of things as well and then how that will change or shift the data that's being collected as different things happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mark this date, right? And this is where were you back when we found out about this, you know, limb loss registry that's going to change our industry? Right. And that's when I asked about the age. I was like, man, there there are going to be kids that are going to be a part of this. And they won't even, they'll grow up and they won't even remember a world where there wasn't a limb loss death right. registry. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and just think of the benefits to come. I mean, this is going to be really amazing. Um, man, I, I'll say it again. Super impressed with, with Kevin as a person as well. All, mm-hmm. all of his fun fun endeavors and facts and everything he's accomplished and, and just a heck of a nice guy. So today we have a news article from the Today Show. It's the Today Show, right? Oh, yeah. I love the Today Um, Show. Yeah. And it's about the newest Gerber baby, um, Issa is her name. This is an awesome one. This is a feel-good story that everybody should go out and check out because it's really cool. Yes. Yes. And it's really exciting because she is the first Gerber baby that has a limb difference. She is seven months old. She's the 2022 official Gerber photo search baby. And, and man, she's is she cute. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. saying. Go check out these eyelashes. Check out the photos. She is like quintessential <laughs> Gerber baby. It's amazing. Okay, Brendan, what does what is Issa's limb difference? What does the article say about her limb difference? Yeah. So, so she has uh, what's called congenital femoral deficiency and fibular hemimelia, um, which I'm sure a lot of our uh, listeners are, are well aware of and have uh, treated out in the field. So thank you everyone that um, supports this type of patient and 
uh, it's wonderful that, you know, now she's a Gerber baby and can bring attention to, um, you know, differences like this. Yeah, it's cool to see representation. And there were more than 225,000 entries this year. Wow. Um, and the only requirement, I didn't even know this, the only requirement that they have is the baby be between zero and 48 months old and live within the 50 states or D.C. or Puerto Rico. So I, that's like a really big draw. Gosh, it, it kind of reminds me of when we're trying to sort through all the essays for our scholarships, except for we didn't have 25,000. We only had about 100. <laughs> yeah. I don't, Like, how do you even sort through that many entries? <sighs> it's kind of amazing. It is. And I bet I bet you it came down to like, what, maybe 25,000 cute babies, right? If there was mm-hmm. 25,000 entries because all babies are cute. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and one cool thing that I liked when I was reading about about her in the article um, they did give her two honorary roles. I don't know if you saw that. Um, she's not She's not just a pretty face. You know, she's much more than that. She is now the chief growing officer. So the chief, the CGO, mm-hmm. and also the CTT, <laughs> which is the chief taste tester. So she gets all this Gerber food, what, gets to taste it and, and give her feedback. Yeah. So does she, I must, does she get Gerber baby food for like the rest of her baby days and then her children get Gerber baby food for I would, the rest of their I days? I would think so. I mean, they, they, I would think so. <laughs> there is a cash prize involved too. And, and she did get $25,000. And then what was also really cool is that um, Gerber did match that and donate that to, um, I believe it was, yeah, the March of Dimes Maternal and Infant Health Programs. So oh, good so on you, cool. Gerber. Yeah, that's awesome. Her mom has a really sweet quote of, she says, one of the things that has been so special for us is that she was chosen for her wonderful personality, her smile, her cheeks, her giggles, but also as a baby who represents diversity. I thought that was great. You can just tell in the picture, she just looks like she's giggling all the time. (laughs) So cute. And congratulations to the family. And by the way, we love uh, the names you chose for your babies. Isa, and then she's got an older sister named Temperance, which is short, uh, they shortened into Tempe, which is awesome. Congrats to Isa, and we're really excited that Isa gets to bring some more awareness to children born with limb differences. I think that's awesome. Representation is awesome. So if you would like to read more about Isa's stories, view the link in our show notes. That's it for us today. Thank you for listening to the ONP Check-In and SPS Podcast. Yeah, and if you like what you hear, subscribe now to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please rate and review the show to help fellow ONP professionals find us. We would also like to hear from you directly. What topics do you want us to cover? Do you have any burning questions? Email us with your thoughts and feedback at SPSpodcast at SPSCO.com. See you next time. Bye. Bye.